Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss and Cage Podcast. Today's show is going to be an interesting show. So, you know, every time I get a new guest, I kind of do a little background research and kind of see a little bit who they are. So I found this video. And first of all, like, I'm watching this video and it's serene, right? Like the video quality is great. And she's sipping on like a, like a Thai tea. And she goes into this whole conversation about this Thai tea. And I'm just kind of like, I'm so emotionally involved with the Thai tea by the time she's done talking about the Thai tea, right? So it kind of just gives me the, this whole aroma that I don't have tea, but I'm smelling the tea. So I'm going to name her the Prosperous Boss. And she'll be able to dive into a little bit de- deeper details of why I'm calling her that. So without further ado, why don't you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit more about who you are, Sandy? I love that. I love that you got to have that experience. I was talking about chai tea and uh, how it brings me back to my mom's cooking when I was younger. So I'm glad you got to watch that video. Uh, So my name is Sandy Vo. I am the founder of Prosperous School of Self-Realization and Prosperous the Podcast. My whole jam is all about how your energy is your highest currency. And everything that I talk about is really how do you create a sustainable energy so that your business can thrive, your relationships can thrive, and um, the desires that you have, the the hidden and dreams that you have that you haven't told anyone else about that that can thrive too. Because what I found on my own personal path and through working with other people is that burnout exhaustion kills more dreams than, than anything. And so I, I spend a lot of my life teaching people techniques and tools and meditation so that they can uh, find ways to grow and sustain their energy. So I I think everyone that's listening right now, they're all screaming, testify, and they're jumping up for joy because they're like, okay, I'm going to get some some wisdom out of of this particular episode that's going to soothe my soul. Because again, part of being an entrepreneur, we're going to hit hurdles. We're going to hit these climatic points that can be very stressful. So you're going to school us a little bit today, right? So let's let's skin it back a little bit, just slow it down, and just talk about you, right? So if you could define yourself in three to five words, what would those three to five words that you would use to define you? Hmm, that's a good one. I'm going to say goofy. I'm going to say human. I'm going to say wise, compassionate. And uh, the next word that comes up is at peace, peaceful. Nice, nice. Yep. So you're coming across as like, like, yeah like a Zen Buddha kind of feel for me. Right. And and again, I want the audience to understand, like, were you always like that growing up as a kid? Were you the kid? Everyone was fighting. You was like, guys, like, there's no reason to fight. Like, just, just chill out. Were you that kind of kid growing up? Uh, I, I would say, I would say that, yes, like there's no reason to fight, but no, I feel like I was probably the person that was very assertive and direct and, and, um, you know, spearheading some of those, (laughs) some of those fights too. I got suspended, um, in seventh grade because I started a food fight and the principal came in the cafeteria after it was a mess and told everybody to sit down and I wouldn't sit down. So I got suspended. (laughs) So, so you got a little bit of Zen Buddha, but you got a little bit of fight the power rebellion, both sides of the coin going on right there. Right. 
For sure. So, yeah. I'm a Scorpio. So, so, uh, you know, you, when, when people hear Scorpios, I never understood why I would get that reaction. But then when I look back, I'm like, okay, I get it. And that's, that's still a, a big part of who I am, but the way that I uh, assert my energy is, is completely different. And I just understand it a lot better now. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. So, I mean, like on this journey, right? So obviously you, you talk about you're 50% more rebellious. You're, you're kind of feng shui at the same time, but how did this, like, how did you bring this ball of energy and strategize it and streamline it into your current business? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it starts with my upbringing and I, I like to start there because I think it, it gives people a broader perspective than just going straight into it. Mm-hmm. I grew up with immigrant parents. So my mom is African-American and Vietnamese yep. and my dad is Indian and Vietnamese. So they're both half and half. And then, uh, so I'm, I'm a mixed overall. And so growing up with the perspective of immigrant parents who had pretty much nothing. I mean, my dad would tell me stories about how he ate rice and water for, you know, for meals, the water would just give them a little bit more uh, substance and make them feel more full. He was one out of 12. And, you know, my mom being an African-American child in Vietnam, she was not treated well and she wasn't treated well by her own family. So she would have to wake up at three o'clock in the mornings and she would be, you know, the, the, the slave of the family pretty much. She had to walk, um, outside and and find ways to sell foods that you know my grandma was making the day before and if she came back and she didn't sell enough then she would get slapped on the head with a spoon and um you know she was she would be told to stay you know 10 or 15 feet away from my grandmother when they, they were walking down the street and so you know i feel like growing up i i was given such a great perspective from my parents on the the value of life and the one thing that i always felt like i had when i was younger was love there was always love in my in my household between my mom and my dad but everything shattered and came to a head when you know my mom had a lot of unworthiness things that were tied to her life when she was younger growing up in vietnam as well and so for her the way that that played out was through gambling and so my mom, my parents are, were entrepreneurs. They would work really hard to make all this money. My mom would take it, gamble it. And eventually it got to a place where my dad couldn't deal with it anymore. And he just left, he just up and left. And that shattered my entire world. And I started to, I didn't know how to express anger. Um, you, you know, I, I really am, a, I was born a compassionate person. Even when I was being a rebellion, I would do it in a way where people would eventually be my friend, you know? Um, I, I, you know, even in the seventh grade, I had this, this um, girl that was super bullyish to everybody and I stood up to her and she was just ready to be my friend afterwards. And so that was always rooted in me. But when this whole divorce happened, I felt like I had so much anger brewing up in me that I didn't know how to express. And so I started to just suppress that anger. And eventually the kind of person that that turned me into was a very depressed person. I didn't take anything out on anyone else around me. I just learned how to suppress that energy. And what I like to say is when energy is not expressed, it is suppressed. And when it's suppressed, it becomes depressed. And, um, 
that's what led me to eventually be a hustler. I worked really hard from the outside looking in. I looked like a rock star. I looked like I could manage so many things at once. I definitely was a girl that my friends thought had it all together. Um, however, what they didn't know was I was being an overachiever to avoid and run away from the things that I didn't want to deal with. And that's when I, I eventually found meditation when I completely burnt out. So, I mean, that's, that's a, that's, that's a, let's just unpack that, right? So based upon like your heritage, it kind of sparked the other side for you to kind of go down this path. And what you're saying is that you've always had it in you, but you didn't re realize it until you were converting essentially enemies into friends. And I'm looking at that as a, as a double-sided coin, right? I mean, in today's world, you're, you're working with clientele, and I think this client, potentially their their own internal self is their enemy, and you're teaching them how to switch that to make that synergy work. Is that a correct assessment of what you're doing with your clients right now? Yeah, well, in terms of with my clients, what I like to do is I like to look at what's sitting in the unconscious mind. What are the things that you have going on that you're avoiding on a day-to-day -day basis? Because that's the root of where everything stems from um, and not just run away from them. So I help them look at that a little bit more. And if you want to put that into um, an, an analogy, um, those things are our enemies, right? The things that we're actually avoiding are the things that we need to actually befriend. Mm. Very nice. Very nice. I mean, it's crazy because I just got off another um, podcast and she was a sound therapist. So it's kind of ironic that I'm having a sound therapist and you on the show directly after. So I'm like, I'm in that state of mind right now. So I think it'll definitely be beneficial. Let's just, just dive a little bit deeper into this story. Right. So going back to the analogy of like the enemy and, and, and the friend and figuring out like how to level that off. Like, what is the worst experience you've had dealing with a client? To where their enemy side is so dominant that it took way more energy than you thought going into it to convert them to make that synergy within themselves. Yeah, um, I what what that brings me back to is uh, with a client that was very overly stressed and overwhelmed with a lot of areas in her life, and she didn't know how to manage her energy. And uh, what happens is when you're dealing with people that are overwhelmed and overstressed and you're not taking care of yourself at the same time, the, you're more, you're more likely to be winded by their energy. And so that was actually one of my very first lessons. And I don't have clients like that anymore, but, um, with her, what I found that I really struggled with the most was I was getting to a place where I was teaching myself how to ground my energy, how to, um, be able to synchronize that into the business world by developing my own online practice, Right. And I wasn't rooted yet enough to work with people like her. But the experience that I had in working with her is that I learned that you can't just jump right into working with clients and diving into what what they're um, what they have going on or some of the traumas that they've experienced. What I've learned is that people really need to feel safe and they need a little bit of structure and they need to be able to you need to be able to actually look into their lives and what they're doing on a day to day basis. And one of the core things that I learned out of that experience is asking people the question of what is your core value? Because I learned that if you ask someone what their core value is, you know, your core value is the thing that matters to you more than money. It's your why, right? It's the thing that drives you to do what you do. When you get to the root of that, 
it's so much easier to structure a program and an experience for people to feel safe in. And once they feel safe, that sense of overwhelm and um, that sense of anxiety and stress, it starts to dissipate. It becomes transformed into a more creative energy. So now your sessions are a lot more pleasurable. Hmm. Makes sense. So, I mean, with that, right, obviously where you are right now, you just kind of compacted a couple different variations of stories about how you've overcome a couple different things and you learn from mistakes that you've made. By default, someone listening to this episode may think that you're an overnight success, but in reality, how long did it take you to get to where you are currently? I've been practicing and teaching this for the past 10 years, but you know, that experience has pretty much been my whole life. So so yeah, I think I think life is is part of what teaches us all these lessons that we learn and then we put into what we do now. So I love what you say in the beginning of your podcast where you say, you know, we think that a lot of this is an overnight success, but in reality, it's taken 20 years. And for me, I'm I'm 29 years old, so I you know, it, it, the past 10 years have been the most intense but the most beautiful of my life. Because that's when I've actually learned how to transform energy. And I, I call it, um, I call it being the eye in the center of the tornado. So yes, it doesn't mean that, you know, I come off as a peaceful person. It doesn't mean that my life always looks peaceful. Mm -hmm. It means that I've learned how to transform what's around me so that I can be at peace with what's going on instead of allowing it to take over uh, my life. Nice. I mean, that's a very cool, cool analogy. We're talking about the eye of the hurricane. So Let's just say we're in the eye of the hurricane and time travel becomes relevant like through hurricanes, like through some magical sci-fi thing, right? And you can go back in time and at any time in your last 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you have an opportunity to talk to yourself for 30 seconds. What would you tell yourself that would help you change the path of directory to where you are to happen a lot quicker? Mm, that is such a great question. I, the first vision visual that comes up in my mind is when I was sitting in the college dorm room mm -hmm. and the shades are down, it's super dark. Um, and I just feel like, I don't know what, I don't even know if I can make it to tomorrow. I would tell myself mm -hmm. that you don't need to see every step of the way to get through on the other side. All you need to do is take that next step, give it one more step, one more try. Because when I look back at my younger self, I feel that, especially for all the visionaries and the trailblazers and the innovators listening to this right now, sometimes God gives you such a big picture, like such a big vision that you feel crippled by it. You're afraid to take that next step because you're thinking, well, you know, it's not really about the fear of failure. It's the fear of, well, how great might I become? You feel crippled by it. And I think that the depression in me was really one of the ways that I was holding myself back from stepping into this bigger vision. Mm -hmm. So I would tell myself, just take one more step, just take one more breath, just take one more step. It doesn't have to be that complicated. And in that I know that that's going to, you know, guide me through to, to see tomorrow. Hmm. That's very, very interesting. So, I mean, this is, I want to go back to the beginning of this conversation and I, I'm always listening and I, I like taking apart particular things that, that my guest is saying. So 
you alluded to that you're both your family members, your, your mom and dad were entrepreneurs, right? So do you think that was a factor to your current success growing up in that environment, seeing that hustle, seeing that mentality of, well, nine to five versus entrepreneurism? Like, is that a factor to why you are who you are and where you are right now? Yeah, I think it's a huge factor because uh, one of the things that I learned from watching my parents is that they worked really, really, really hard, especially my dad. And I learned a lot from that. I picked up a lot of great traits from that. It's helped me to, before I had my own online business, I did sales. And at a really young age, I was making almost six figures doing sales fresh out of college. And so I think a lot of those traits come from my dad. But at the same time, I saw how much it, it actually hurt him to work too hard. And um, my dad got to a place where the only thing that he ever did do was work and he didn't have um, enough time to create more int intimacy in his relationships with his wife. And I always felt at the time that I got with my dad, he was very present. So I appreciated that, but there probably could have been even more moments together. And so when I, when my business became more successful, I remember having a conversation with my dad and, you know, I, I told him, thank you for teaching me the things not to do. Right. Because my dad told me, don't work too hard now because he's taking his lessons and he's giving it to me. He told me, don't work too hard now. And I told him, yeah, I, one of the things that I've learned is that I don't actually need to work hard to get to where I want to be. And I've actually rewired my whole mind, body, spirit to do something that's completely different. I've taught myself how to slow down. I've taught myself how to say no. I've taught myself how to set boundaries. I've taught myself how to breathe deeper. I've taught myself how to have more clear space on my calendar and focus on building a business around a lifestyle and my core values versus the other way around. So these are things that I learned from my dad. And this is what I always say to people is that your, your parents teach you what to do and then you can apply them or they teach you what not to do. Wow. I mean, that's, that's so powerful in, in all aspects of what you said. Coming from an entrepreneur background, I think that that's something that you would not be able to get or comprehend or understand unless you were raised in that environment. And then once you actually have those assets to say, hey, here's the pros and cons, here's the positive and negatives, do with it as you see fit, and then you make the change. So my next question, based upon that, right, would be taking those elements from what your dad and your mom has showed you, like, how do you currently juggle your work life with your family life or with your friendships now? Yeah, this, this is huge. I, you know, for me, it's all around building it around my core value. So let's say my core value is peace. It's uh, intimacy. It's fun. It's to actually be able to just enjoy my life. Everything is centered around that. So if you look inside my schedule, I have one week that I call my on week. And this is where I'm in more of a masculine energy. This is where I'm more assertive. I have meetings on these weeks. I do podcast episodes and interviews on these weeks. I have clients that I see on these weeks. Um, and then I have my off week where it's a clear white space on my calendar. And it's just for me to be creative. I have no meetings on my calendar. If I want a meeting or if my energy desires it, then I'll schedule it. But for the most part, I know that I have a full week to get into some writing if I want to, or do some macrame or, you know, just make some tea and sit down and enjoy a book. And, um, you know, that was really hard for me to actually apply at first. It was just this very cool idea of like, Oh, what if I could work one week and not work the following week after that. And then I found how hard it 
was to actually apply that because my old patterns were actually controlling the way that I was living. And then I started to actually practice it. And now I just have a very seamless schedule with how I do things. And, you know, early in January, my fiance got COVID and it happened to be the week that I was off of work. So I was able to take care of him. And within one week he tested negative. Um, and I also never, I never got it as well. So I think that it's just the way that I live my life that allows me to have a more, um, stable and energized, healthy being. And it allows me to take care of the people in my life as well. So yes, while it's hard to put white space on your calendar and you might feel guilty to make that time only for you. What I found is because I've dedicated the white space on my calendar and that clear space, because I take great care of myself when the people in my life actually need it, I can show up for them and I can be fully present for whatever they have going on. So I feel like when I look at my work-life balance, it, uh, you know, I, I say there's no such thing as balance, but there is such thing as harmony. You know, so I just got back from going to my mom to have some some pho, some Vietnamese pho at her at her place um, this past Sunday. And um, yesterday I celebrated my niece's first birthday. Today it's my uh, it's my it's my father in law to be. It's his birthday, and I have time to celebrate these things because I make I make time for them. I think I think you you broke it down very linear, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about like your masculine energy versus your feminine energy. You're talking about white space versus dark space. You're talking about light versus dark. So you you have like the whole yin yang thing going on, right? And it's always about being completely balanced. So taking that balance, right, and moving into like routines, and you alluded to routines a little bit. What does your morning routines look like? What are your morning habits? Yeah, so my morning routine changes depending on what I'm experiencing. So what I like to say, I think when people start getting into meditation and, and wellness practices, they think that it has to be this big thing, especially if you're an overachiever. If you're used to to-do lists in your life, then what you're going to do is you're going to convert those patterns and you're going to create a to-do list when it comes to your self-care practices and your morning routines as well. So I, I tell people to stay away from that and instead simplify it. And I say self-care is being self-aware. So for me, it's about what am I aware of that my mind, body, spirit needs that morning. And for me, it always almost comes down to breathing and meditation. So every single morning I get up, I brush my teeth, and I go sit down in a quiet space. And then I start slowing down my breath. I do some exercises to take care of my body first while slowing down my breath. And then once my body feels like I've catered to it, especially after you sleep for a long time, that's when I sit down, I get into my breathing exercises, and then I get into a meditation. Sometimes that looks like two minutes. Sometimes that looks like 30 minutes. Um, but I don't spend that long of a time doing those things. I have some mornings, I don't start work until 11 AM as well. So I have mornings where my self-care just looks like writing in a journal. Sometimes it looks like expressing myself by singing. Sometimes it looks like, um, going outside practicing some Qigong. Uh, so it, it, it varies, but the thing is I have a toolbox of things that really work for me. And I extract from that, that toolbox or can call it a menu. I extract from the menu of things that I need that morning. And then I apply it for myself and, and I feel the effects of it. And then by me taking care of myself early in the morning, when it's time for me to do podcast interviews or work with clients, I'm giving them my full presence and my full energy. I'm not coming from a depleted state. 
Nice, nice. So I'm playing off of like the, the whole menu thing and going back to your your white space, right? You were talking about having opportunity to read during your white space. So this next question is a three part question based upon like your reading. Obviously, you're pretty versed and in, in, in knowledgeable in your particular area of expertise. What books helped you? Question one on your journey to get you to where you are. Question two is what books are you reading now during your white space? And question three is, have you had an opportunity to write or create any books as of yet? Mm, you're great. So what books helped me on my journey? Hands down, The Heart and Science of Yoga by Leonard Perlmutter. Um, he is a mind-body pioneer. He is also my meditation teacher. Uh, before I actually got to fully know him, know him, he handed me that book and I learned so much through that book. I felt like I felt like my consciousness was ready for it. So I absorbed it fairly quickly, but it's a very thick book and it tell it tells you how to create a blueprint for a peaceful, joyful, and successful life. And it dives into um, different breathing practices that have been around for thousands of years. And it dives into how you can take all these practices and um, th these ways of reprogramming your mind and apply it into the modern world. And so I started to just, I, I remember I took a whole year off, didn't have any social media or I didn't use devices, watch TV a lot. And I just dove into his book and a lot of the practices that are in there. And I just love how it, you can have any religious background and it's going to speak to you. You're going to, you're going to extract something from it. So that was a really monumental book in my journey. Another book is the Bhagavad Gita, which is a, a, a book that uh, tells a story about Krishna, who is the who resembles a higher self and then arjuna who resembles the lower self which is our personality on our human journey and i love that book because it's timeless every time i open it every time i read it i'm meeting a new version of myself mm -hmm. so i highly recommend that book to anyone as well um, they're very, they're both very dense. And I like that they're not um, mainstream cookie cutter types of books. Uh, it, it really invites you to explore yourself on deeper levels. So what book am I currently reading right now? So, so right now I'm not reading anything related to um, spirituality. I'm reading books on macrame because I started getting into macrame. Uh, it's something that was around in the 1970s a lot. And I, uh, my fiance and I are working, we, we just got our first investment property and I figured it'd be really cool for me to learn how to do some home decor stuff and then include it in some of the homes that we have. So I'm reading a book on macrame. Um, and and I, I, I invite people to do that as well. Sometimes, you know, getting too much into self-help books or self-improvement books can feel energetically taxing. So I, I invite people to actually be more playful with things that they're reading so that they can take in refreshing information in their minds that's completely different. And through that, you're going to grow. And then the third question that you asked me was, am I writing any books for? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I actually started writing my book, but I've taken a pause on it. Um, because we're, we're handling our moving situation, everything like that and space and environment is so important to me, but I'm writing a book right now for the future generations. I'm writing a book for 
for people like me who are mixed races, who um, didn't feel like they had a place of belonging. And um, it's all about the great undoing. It's about looking at what, what, what did the society program us to believe about ourselves and how can we get, begin to undo some of those frames of thinking so that we can trailblaze a completely new path. And so this book is being written for future generations and it's going to teach people things like the five element meditation and the five element breathing practices that I teach that I eventually would like to bring into school systems and corporate systems as well. Nice, nice, nice. So, I mean, with that, I mean, we talked about you a little bit. We talked about your, your heritage a little bit. Like, so where, where, where do you live right now and, and where were you born? So we can kind of just establish like regional where you are. Yeah. So I'm visiting in New York right now, but we just got our place down in Florida. So I'm actually going to be down there for a few years. Um, but I've been in New York for the past 15 years. I was born in Massachusetts. Nice, nice, nice. Mm -hmm. So being that, you know, obviously you got like the, the, the far south Florida, right? Because I'm based out of Atlanta and, and I'm from New York originally from Brooklyn. So I, I know both of these spaces very well. They're night and day differences, right? So where do you see yourself 20 years from now? Ideally, like what region in the world and what do you see yourself doing? Yeah, so we're we're probably going to have a few, we're done definitely going to have a few investment properties that we will probably reside in as well. But eventually for our home home, I would like to be uh, in the Adirondacks of New York and then in, in Florida or Hawaii. I'm thinking probably Hawaii because I love the, I love mountains and I love the lake and my fiance loves the ocean and mountains. So we're like, well, what place has all of that? And Hawaii has, have, has all of those elements. So, so yeah, I've never been to Hawaii actually. So um, we're probably going to go next year when we do our honeymoon after we get married and I'll, I'll be able to check it out there. But yeah, that's really fun to think about. I think it's probably going to be Hawaii or, you know, somewhere in New York and Florida, but it's probably going to be a couple places just knowing nice. us. <laughs> nice. Nice. So just to talk about like applications as far as like tools, like, I mean, obviously you're talking about meditation as far as like your, your day-to-day -day bread and butter, like what tools are you using to apply this meditation? Is it a particular software? Is it particular music? Like what are you using on a day-to-day -day basis that you would not be able to do what you're doing without? Yeah. So in terms of the meditation practice or being able to teach it? Either or, your choice yeah. or both. So in terms of the meditation practice, what I actually teach people is how to rely on themselves because, you know, as much as, you know, apps and, and all these different types of uh, programs that we can use are helpful for us. What I find is that nothing is more powerful than learning how to rely on your own breathing and on your own mind. And so if you're beginning on your journey, the app might help you out once in a while, but you're still having to pick up your phone. You're still interacting with your phone. You're still interacting with distractions. And we can't guarantee that we're always going to have power and that we're always going to have internet. You just don't know. This actually happened in Texas not that long ago where um, there was a huge storm that broke out and nobody had power for a, for a few days for a week i think uh and so i like to teach people how to be self-sufficient and how to be self-reliant and some of the tools that i teach are breathing practices so I'll give an example. One of the types of breathing practices that I teach is called the fire breath. I, I developed a five element breathing practice because what I wanted to, what I wanted people to begin to tune back into is nature. 
And when you look at nature, there are different seasons. Mm -hmm. So you've got fall, you've got winter, spring, and summer. Each one of those seasons call upon a different element as well. So for example, summer is more of the fire element. If you look at the fall, it's more of the air element and winter is the air element. If you look at the springtime, it's more of the space and earth element. And so there's five elements that we as human beings are created from, and there's five elements within nature. And so the breathing practices that I teach call upon those five different elements. So one of the breathing practices is the earth breathing. That's what I call it, the earth breathing. And when you do the earth breathing, it grounds your energy. So let's say you were feeling really anxious and you have a lot of things going on in your life right now. You're, you're really airy. You got lots of creative ideas, but you don't know how to ground them back into your body. They're causing anxiety for you. And this happens to a lot of trailblazers too, where you have so many great ideas and they're so big that it's causing anxiety for you. Then you would do the earth breathing. So the earth breathing is where you learn how to breathe from your diaphragm. And I teach specific techniques so that people can retrain themselves to breathe from their bellies. And this is how we were breathing when we were babies. Oh. So that's one of the breathing techniques out of that toolbox. And then there's several other ones as well as um, exercises and movements that you can do. Very nice. Very nice. So, I mean, ideally, I mean, everyone that has a business or is a business owner, entrepreneur, as you get more and more progressively greater at what you're doing and get greater success, that's part of you honing into your target audience, honing into the, your like-minded tribe of people. So if you had to pick or select from a group of people, who is your ideal customer avatar? Yeah. I, you know, I say I used to have a, yeah, you said if I have to pick. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say the innovators and the trailblazers. I found that I've, you know, I had trouble answering that because I used to have a very pinpointed avatar. But what I found is I started attracting different types of people. I had college students, I had doctors, I had therapists, I had business owners. And so what I found out of all of those people the commonality is that they're all thinking differently. They're all trailblazing something. They're all um, choosing to walk the unconventional path. Uh, and so even when I worked with the principal of the school, she wanted to change the way that kids were learning. And she wanted kids to be able to actually apply things that they were learning rather than just memorizing it. Um, when I was, when I worked with a college student, she created her own multidisciplinary um, degree so that she could work with children in uh, social working, but she could actually work with them via trauma as well that they experienced as kids, but she made up her own disciplinary, her own degree. I've never even heard of that. So that's what I'm talking about. The people that I work with, what I found about all of them is they're here to innovate. They're here to ruffle feathers and they're here to do things differently. They're here to shake things up. So that would be my ideal, my ideal person. Nice. So let's continue on that, right? If you're talking to that ideal person, what words of wisdom, words of insight would you give to them to help them transpire into their greatest successes that are yet to come? Hmm. Trust yourself that you know more than you give yourself credit for. And that, that vision that you have in your mind that's been planted on your heart, it's there for a reason. And if you continue to listen to those whispers along the way, not the noise and the chatter in your head, but those whispers along the way, it's going to guide you to the next step and the next step. So even though it's hard to, 
uh, unplug from the places outside of you and plug into yourself because when you trust yourself is when you begin to honor your highest and fullest expression. And that is what the world needs more of. Wow. Very, very, very powerful. And I mean, I think, you know, like just going back to the beginning of this podcast and I was talking about it and, then, and I want you guys, you know, this next step, she's going to be able to tell you guys where to find this information, but I want you to take a few minutes of your day and go look for this video on YouTube and just see how she transpires a simple cup of tea into inspiration and aspiration as well. So my next question is like, how do people find this video? How do they find you? Like, like where do they find you on the internet? I love that. Um, yeah, I think in that video, I was talking about how to be a kid again. <laughs> yeah, so you can find me on sandyvo.com. That's S-A-N-D-Y, V as in victory, O. And you can find the links to my YouTube, my podcast, my Instagram. All of that is going to be on there. Nice, nice. So I mean, you just brought up your podcast. So my next question is, is like, okay, well, like, who is this podcast for? What What topic matter are you covering on your podcast? This podcast is for anyone that just wants to come back home to themselves. It's very meditative. It's like a it's like a guided meditation, pretty much. Um, there's my my fiance produces some of the music that you hear on that podcast. He's a music producer, and uh, when I talk in there, I get into a very meditative state. So it's just it's not it's not one of those podcasts where it's like five steps to do X Y Z, or it's not talking at you. It's really just being there with you, going through life with you. So you'll find that no matter what you listen to, it's timeless. No matter what times you're listening in, it's going to relate to wherever you're at in your journey. Nice. Nice. And they're 15 to 20 minutes long. So cool. yeah. I got a couple of bonus questions for you. Sure. Right. Bonus question. Number one, what is your most significant achievement to date? I feel like there's so many things that I can say here, but the one thing that feels the most rooted for me is being able to discover who I am. Because because I've discovered the root of that, I've been able to create transformations and host events and, and programs for people from all over the world to have their own transformation. So that's the most significant um, achievement for me is continuing to embark on the path to discover who I am. And that is going to be a never ending journey. But the more that I discover that and the more rooted I become in that, and the more I allow myself to be my fullest and highest expression, the more I allow the people around me to do the same. And that's what I've been finding from people who participate in the events and the programs that I do. So I would, I would go back to that for nice. sure. Very nice. All right. So I got another one for you. Right. And this is probably like one of my favorite questions. I make sure I ask on every episode because I think everyone has an individual answer that no one else is going to be able to recreate because everyone's an individual. So if you could spend 24 hours in one day uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would you spend that time with and why? Anyone still alive? Dead or alive. Okay. Dead or alive. Hmm. I don't know. The first, <laughs> the first answer that comes up to my mind is Albert Einstein. I feel like that. I feel like that's a childhood thing too. I've just always been so curious about him. Even before I tapped into, you know, meditation, all that. I remember in physics class learning about something that he said: energy cannot be created or destroyed, but it can be transformed. I just feel like he was way ahead of his times, and I felt like. 
you know, he looked like a crazy man. And I feel like he was, he was willing to go there in order to discover some of the greatest discoveries that's giving us so much headway even today. And so people like that fascinate me because they're, they're willing to, they're willing to be called crazy, you know, and they're, they're willing to think outside of the box and literally be out of this world in order to bring that wisdom back into this world. So I would just spend a full day with him to observe and to listen and see how he processes things and how he talks and, and not, not how he talks, but how, how he processes information and how he shares it and, and where, what his mind looks like, because he's someone that is, you know, was tapped into what I call the superconscious state of mind. And, and I feel like, um, that's kind of cool to see, see what he does in order to experience that. Yeah. I think it's, it's ironic that you brought him up because, you know, usually when I close out my, my podcast, I always give somebody the opportunity to ask me questions and someone had asked me that question. And the first time I've answered that question, I said, Einstein, and I would just kind of like, because he was considered to be, um, a lazy dog. A teacher actually called him a lazy dog in school and come to find out, like, you know, obviously I think Einstein is a little bit more on, on the spectrum and he was just not in that classroom. He was abundant everywhere else, but in that room at that point in time. So they were viewing him as a great, a lazy dog, but in reality, he was one of the greatest minds we've ever had the experience of living in our time frame. So I definitely appreciate you bringing him up for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So is it my turn to ask you a question now? Yep. The microphone. Well, you're a, you're a podcaster. So the, the, you're not a host. The show's yours. The microphone is yours. Ask me a question. Awesome. Okay. Huh. What is, what is something that you wish more people knew about you? that most people, even the people close to you, don't know? Wow, that's, that's a first. And it's something for me to the process. So what is something... I got you, I say. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that, I like that. I, I would say the irony of you bringing that up is the last episode that I just recorded before this one. And she's known me for 21 years. And she was just saying, like, I bring so much heart to the table. Now, in my younger days, they would know me as like, you know, crazy kid running around climbing, painting, doing graffiti, wild man, Jack, all these different things. And then later on in life, I became more of like the business person, more of a strategist. So it was always like either he's crazy or he's building something. But in reality, all these different things were components of who I am today and trying to figure out this journey of who I was becoming. And I was made I made a joke about it earlier and I was saying I'm kind of like um, Captain Planet with all these different powers combined and then the final element being heart was the, the, the made me who I am right now it was kind of finding out that everything I'm doing essentially is driven by my passion to leave behind a legacy and that's when I became who I am and who I'm becoming mm. well I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you there because I feel like that's kind of obvious mm, I, I think maybe in today's world but I wasn't always who I am, right? You know, I think that like you're meeting me for the first time. So for you, it's obvious because I'm exuding this. But if you go back, yeah. like back 2018, I had a stroke, right? And and part of that stroke was being on this journey of doing all these overachievement things and building all these different businesses and being a full-time single dad. And all these things are compounding internally. And then by default, my body gave out. So then when I 
woke up in the hospital and I was like, okay, I'm not dead. What am I going to do now? How am I going to give back? How am I going to leave behind a legacy? And that's when Boston Cage became a reality. I had other businesses before Boston Cage, but all of that happened the day that I woke up in the hospital and realized that I need to do more by putting my heart into things and leaving behind a legacy of information to continue on to other people, more breadcrumbs for people to follow. Wow. That's a full picture right there. And the stroke is tied to your heart as well. And heart was your answer. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on the show today. And even at at the end, kind of poking at the bear a little bit and getting me to, 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 that was a solid answer. I mean, I never haven't had anybody ask me that answer that question before. So I definitely appreciate you digging a little bit deeper and pulling something out of me that I haven't had opportunity to pull out before. Yeah, and that was a really great answer, and I got to learn something new about you. So thank you for sharing. Great, great, great. Uh, S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off. Listeners of Boston Cage are invited to download a free copy of our host, S.A. Grant's insightful ebook, Become an Uncaged Trailblazer. Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.